الله تعالى يا ابن آدم إنك ما دعوتني ورجوتني غفرت لك على ما كان منك ولا أبالي يا ابن آدم لو بلغت ذنوبك عنان السماء ثم استغفرتني غفرت لك يا ابن آدم إنك لو أتيتني بقراب الأرض خطايا ثم لقيتني لا تشرك بي شيئا لأتيتك بقرابها مغفرة رواه الترمذي رحمه الله وقال حديث حسن صحيح الحمد لله we've reached the officially the last hadith we've been saying last hadith for the past like three four weeks but this is officially inshallah the last hadith hadith number 42 and Imam al-Nawawi in these 40 ahadith which as we mentioned previously these 40 hadith that we've been doing the words of the Prophet وسلم, is a very important aspect of Islam. Without the words of the Prophet وسلم, you have no Islam. Without the words of the Prophet, you have no context to the Quran. You know, a lot of people read the Quran and they get confused with certain verses is because they don't have the context of the words or the life of the Prophet. Because the, the, the Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet. It was revealed to his time. It was revealed in his era. It was revealed to solve the issues of what was happening in that day and age. So that's why these, this, this particular compilation of hadith, of words of the Prophet, the 40 hadith which was compiled by Imam Nawawi, every hadith in this compilation, as we've been saying almost in every beginning of every lesson, Every hadith indicates to a very important fundamental aspect of Islam. So it's as if Imam al-Nawawi, he's saying, look, this is one of the teachings of Islam. This is one of the teachings of Islam. This is one of the teachings of Islam. So you can literally go to any chapter, any saying of the Prophet in this book, and it will tell you of a major principle in Islam. So this last one, it's an important to understand the theme. What what Imam Nawawi is trying to leave us with. This is very beautiful. He's leaving us with an idea. He's leaving us with an objective, with a concept. That now that you read all of these principles of Islam, all these issues, all these matters, I want to leave you with this. What am I leaving you with? So he narrates from Anas, may Allah be pleased with him, who was in the company of the Prophet since the time he was 10 years old. So you can imagine how much he had learned from the Prophet. Anas ibn Malik was 10 years old when he came into the company of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he says, I heard the Messenger of Allah saying that Allah Ta'ala said, so this is actually a divine inspiration. This is called Hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi are those sayings, inspirations from Allah into the heart of the Prophet. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which he would then explain through his words, which were not Quranic revelation. These were, divine, these were divine inspirations other than Quranic revelation. That's called Hadith Qudsi. Divine inspiration other than Quranic revelation is Hadith Qudsi. It's words that are divinely inspired into the heart of the Prophet, but was not meant to be Quranic revelation. Quranic words, that's a Hadith Qudsi. Very, very special words. Some books of Hadith just have all those compilations. Divine inspirations of Allah into the heart of the Prophet, which he then explains in words and it was compiled. It's called a Hadith Qudsi. So in this divine inspiration, Allah Ta'ala says, Yabna Adam, O son of Adam. And remember when we say, you know, we're, you know, we're in that time that we have to make these explanations. When it says son of Adam, it's not excluding daughter of Adam. Okay? We have to explain these things nowadays. When, I, when, when, when it says son of Adam, it's not excluding daughter of Adam. When it says mankind, right? Now even saying mankind is, is, is wrong, politically incorrect. Hum, humankind, right? So basically when it says Ibn Adam, son of Adam, yani, O humanity, O child of Adam, what? This is, a, this is an announcement that, that Allah is making to the child of Adam. What is that? As long as you continue to pray to me, as long as you continue to supplicate me, and as long as you continue to hope in me, 
Then I will continue to forgive you no matter what you have done. And this does not affect me and this does not bother me in any way. No matter what you have done, as long as you keep supplicating me, as long as you keep turning to me, as long as you keep repenting to me, as long as you keep coming to me, no matter what you have done, then it does not phase me. You know, we have that word you know, on the street. It don't phase me. It don't phase me. No matter what, as long as you keep coming to me, no matter what your condition is, and this does not affect me in any bit, your sins does not affect me. In one another hadith, what it says, You can never harm me by your sins. You are harming yourself. If in the Quran or in, 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 our, in our religion, in our deen, if something is prohibited, it is only because it harms us. It doesn't harm Allah. A lot of people, they don't, they don't like organized religion. You know why they don't like it? Because it tells them what to do. But who is going to tell you what to do? My question is, if you don't have someone to tell you what to do, who is going to tell you what to do? I'll give you the answer to that as well. Me. Me. I'm going to tell me what is best for me. How can you say that there is somebody other than their creator that knows you better than you know yourself? Is there anybody who knows you better than you know yourself, than your creator? Cannot be. If you believe that there, this cosmos and this world as it is was created by a great designer, creator, anybody who has the slightest bit of common sense does not allow his ego, does not allow his ego and his passions and his desires to get in the way, you know that there is a designer and a creator who created all of this. Unless you're so in love with yourself and you're so in love with your addictions and all of your luxuries and comforts that you want to deny no matter how much is it, you look at the heavens and the sky and the stars and the planets, and you look at your own creation. You know, a very close, you know, friend of mine who, you know, had his first child, and he said, I became closer to Allah by seeing that baby grow in the womb of the mother, and by seeing that baby come into this world, he said, I grew in my faith. I can see that I tell you I was weak in my faith. But when I saw that, I know that there is a masterful creator. It increased my iman. How can this be? All of this is for nothing. All of this is so that we, we eat, we drink, we party, we live, and then we just die. And there is no purpose to it. There is a very great purpose to it. And if there is a purpose to it, then that, that great creator has a divine purpose. Look at his mastery in the, in the creation of that child. And look at his design. Look at the system in the universe. And look at the system in the human body. And look at the system in the nervous system. Look at all these systems. There's a system in everything of nature. But there is no system in how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in this world. There is no law. There is no sharia. There is no way. There is no permissible. There is no not, not permissible. There's no lawful or unlawful. Just do whatever you feel like. That's what all of this is about. Cannot be. If a person really looks in deeply within, it cannot be. So therefore, what were we saying? Therefore, all of this is, as long as we are connected with that creator, as long as we keep doing the best that we can do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I will continue to turn to you as long as you turn to me. I will continue to be there for you. You understand? So we, we do not harm Allah. That was what we were talking about. None of the sins that we commit cause any harm to the Creator. Whatever sins that we do, and what is a sin? What is a sin? A sin is something, and this is, I, I want to I address the rhetoric out there, the anti-religious, anti-God rhetoric. What is sin? Something that a bunch of people sitting, uh, you know, in, in a, a cleric, right? A cleric sitting with the turban, right, in a masjid, he's making rules to control people. Why does he want to control you? For what? What does he need to control you for? Oh, to make money from people. That day is gone. People are running away from masjids. People are running, people that we don't need to beg the people to come and, you know, pay me. 
People, they, people they, they, if they want, they do. If they don't want, they don't do. That's the day and age that we're living in. No matter how much you scream to people, people are not going to come unless they want to come. There's no mind control games no more. It, it, it you know, kind of makes me laugh, those people that are still of this mindset, that we're sitting here, me, this, the imam of this masjid, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to control your minds. For God's sake, all these people that are sitting here, you're sitting here because I want to control your mind? Anybody that has said in my class, Brother Musa, from the time he has come, have I said anything to you, put in a bullet in your head to say, you're going to commit this sin, you're going to go to hell? Not even one time you've probably had it. I'm not, putting, I'm not putting a pressure on anybody else, on anyone. The reality of the matter is when you look at what is sin, if you study sin, if you study what Allah has made prohibited, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, you will come in every aspect. You will see that there is some inherent harm in that. Anything that Allah has made haram, anything that is prohibited in Islam, in all of the divine paths, no matter what. Look at alcohol. You think this is good? This is poison. People get mad. Mullahs want to control us. Mullahs want to control us. If I was a mullah and I want to make it my own religion, I said, drink, man. Let's have, let's have a party. What is this? What type of religion are you making? If people want to make a religion, they want, let's party, man. They have, they have cults. They have cults, study cults. They make such a perfect religion where it's just free. Everybody can go and have partner. I just, I, was, I just watched a documentary about a cult. He really like, he made a religion. It was like the funnest thing in the world. Joe Rogan was like, man, I wanted to be a part of that. that was, they were happy. They were doing like everybody could just be with anybody. There was no marriage. I like somebody. I could just be with them, drink, party, laugh. Be with anybody you want to be. That's a cult. This is the deen of Allah that the thing that is harmful for you, He's taking it away from you. And like children, we run away from that. I don't want to be part of organized religion. I don't want to be part of... You don't want to be part of something that's taking away your harmful, destructive enjoyments. That's what you don't want. You want to run away from that which is taking away your harmful, destructive enjoyment. How come I can't, you know, sleep with whoever I want to sleep with? Okay, if monkeypox is not enough for you, then go ahead and you burn me alive. If that's not enough for you. The answers are in front of us. How come I can't eat with whatever I want to eat? Wuhan, China, okay? There, there's another two years, three years that we went through. What, how did that happen? By eating whatever you want to eat. How did this happen? By sleeping with whoever you want to sleep with. Tell me, it's all in the sanurihi ayatina fil afaq. Allah says, I will show you my signs in the, in, the, in, in the world. If you ponder, how did this come about? Exactly after Pride Month, when all these orgies were happening. This is exactly the time when monkeypox hit, and now it's affecting everybody. Why does he, why does he care who I sleep with? Because you affect everybody. Because you're destroying not yourself, you're destroying the whole world. Why does he care about what I eat? Because you're affecting everybody. You're not supposed to eat porcupines and, 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 and you know, God knows what else. People are rats, jungle rats. You're not supposed to be eating things. Look at the beauty of Islam. Allah has made haram upon you, all the filth. Allah has made haram and impermissible, all the filth. And he made permissible for you all of the good things, all of the pure things. This is the path of purity. This is the path of the, the natural path, the path of purity, not the path of, 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 of filth and, and shamelessness. This is not that path. So brothers and sisters, everything that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us or told us, there is an inherent good in it. Everything that he has prohibited us there is a hurt and there's a, uh, there's a harm in it. You guys, I say things, I don't candy coat it. I'm sorry. I don't candy coat. I don't believe in candy coating. Right? Because you, you, you lose the effect when you add the candy. You lose the effect when you add the candy to it. I, I'm going to tell you how it is. If I'm saying something wrong, take five minutes after and say, Sheikh, you know this thing, you, you, you said it wrong. Say it to me. I don't mind. I will, I will correct myself. But these are the matters that we have to understand is nobody can know us 
ourselves better than our Creator. Anything that He has prohibited, it is for our own benefit. Anything that He has made binding, He has made it binding for our own benefit. Anything He has taken away from us is because it's harmful for us. Like a father for a child, some of us become like children. Some of us become like those naughty children. You know a child, you know they just got a root canal, and now he wants to have that candy, he wants to have that lollipop, and Baba is saying, no, you can't have that lollipop, you're gonna hurt. Oh, he's screaming, I hate you. Why are you taking this way away from me? He said, this is gonna hurt you. How does that child know? How does something so sweet and delicious gonna hurt me? Does the child know or the parent know? Hmm? Who knows? The child knows or the parent knows that this something so sweet and delicious, this lollipop, my dad, my mom, not giving me this ice cream, you're going to get a tummy ache. You just came from the hospital, you're going to get a tummy ache. When, you're, when your stomach is better, I'll give you better than that ice cream. Isn't it? But oh, we, I hate you. Why you? Those people that hate Allah and they hate religion is because of they are like that child, that nafs, their, their base, lower desires are controlling them. They're not controlled by the soul. And once a person submits, that's why Islam is what? Submission. Once you have submitted, you submit. And you give yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't know. Like a person who submits to the doctor. The doctor says, sorry, we see something. We got to do surgery. I submit. I go under the gas. I go under the knife. You're going to cut me open. It's going to hurt, but you're going to take out the, the sickness. You're going to take out the tumor. You're going to take out the disease. You can only get that benefit when you submit. So brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, as long as you continue to make an effort, Allah will continue to turn to you. Allah, the, the, the door of Allah is always open. People become people become sidetracked. People become despondent so quickly, I committed a sin. Do you think Allah wants from you perfection? People become despondent and they, they're perfectionists in their road to Allah. This last and final hadith here is telling us, you don't need to be a perfectionist with Allah, you just need to do your best. Allah wants from you to keep coming to Him. He doesn't want you to be a perfectionist. He don't want you to turn into an angel. Because if he wanted you to be an angel and not commit any sins, he would have created you as an angel. Look at what he's saying. As long as you keep coming to me, as long as you keep hoping for my mercy, I will forgive you no matter what you have done. As long as you keep coming to me, as long as you don't give up, I'm not seeking from you per perfection. I'm seeking for you constancy, steadfastness, and, 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 and penitence. Stay penitent. Continue. Hafiz Shirazi He says so beautiful. Mega dar sirate mustaqim ay dil kase gumrah nest. Dar sirate mustaqim ay dil kase gumrah nest. The first part of it he says is interesting. The, 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 the crux of it, I can't remember the first part of it, but the crux of it, he's saying that as long as you're on this path, as long as you're on this path, then there's nobody that is misguided, there's nobody that is lost as long as he's on the path. Yeah, I'll give you the, 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 the summary of, uh, I'll give you the summary of the meaning of this poem. It's like a person who gets a flat tire on the side of the road. 101 is going to take you to LA. Highway 101 takes you to LA, right? But let's just say on 101, you get a flat tire. 
as long as you're on 101, even though you got that flat tire, you know that if I just keep going on this path, I'm going to get to my destination. You might be delayed. You might have a flat. It might take you an hour or two. You might camp out there for a couple of days. Who knows? But you know that this 101 is going to take me to my destination. You get what I'm saying? But what happens is, let's say you lose 101. You're not even on the path. You could be on 101 with a flat tire. You could be on 101 with a broken down car. You could be walking on 101. You could be crawling. You could be in a wheelchair. It don't matter. As long as you're on 101, the end of it is going to get you to your destination. The problem is not being on that road. You could be broken down. You could be flat tire. You could be anything. But you know that as long as I am on this road, as long as you're on that path, you will not be gumrah. You're not misguided as long as you're on that path. You could be stopped for a little bit. You could be a flat. You could have fallen. You could have scraped your knee. You could be on a, you could be crawling. You could be literally, you know, on your, on your, on your forearms crawling on the way. But as long as you're on that path, then Allah Ta'ala will continue to have His door open upon you. Yabna Adam. If your sins, O oh son of Adam, O oh child of Adam, if your sins reach the clouds in the sky, if your sins reach the clouds in the sky, and then you seek forgiveness from me, then I will forgive you no matter what. I will forgive you no matter what you have done in the past. If you come to me, you know, the life of this world is trying to accumulate and, and, and take something back to when you stand before your Lord. That's why we're here. We're here to take something back. Anyone who comes to Allah with good deed, then Allah has 10, multiplies that by 10 with Him. That's how he's going to reward you, multiplying it by 10. We're going to him, we're going to take him. Oh Allah, this is what I have to present to you. These are the good deeds that I have to present to you. These are the righteous actions that I have to present. This is the life that I have to present to you. I always say this, and I'll say it again, that every day is a page from the, life of your, from the book of your life. Imagine that you're writing a book. Every single day, your deeds, your actions, every day is a page from the, the book of your life. And every year is a chapter from that book. And you're writing, and every year is a, cha is a chapter. And there is a conclusion, and there is an end. And it will be that book that will be given to you on the day of judgment. Say, read your book. This is what you wrote. You are the villain, or you're the hero of that story. You're going to Allah with something. But look at what Allah says here. This is amazing. If you come to me and you didn't achieve anything in the life of this world, you just come to me with a world filled with sin. You come to me with this world filled with sin. But you never gave up on me. Listen to this. This is something very important. Because remember, shaitan, the devil, he just wants one thing from you. He wants you to give up like he gave up. He wants you to turn your back to Allah just like he turned his back to Allah. He committed a sin. He could have said, oh Allah, forgive me. I made a mistake. Let me, let me go back a little bit. The, the story of Adam and shaitan, Iblis, the story in Islam is really interesting. Because Allah created Adam. Iblis, the devil, was there from before. He was worshipping. In some, you know, in, in, in other traditions, they say he was an angel. And then he became the fallen angel. Then he became a devil. But in Islam, we believe that he was jinn. He was jinn. Jinn means they have the capacity to be good and they have the capacity to be evil. Right? They're like, we, it's, a, it's not a good translation in, in, in English, but kind of like demons. Right? They're demons. The evil ones of them are demons. But the good of them, they, be they can become like angels. 
But what's the difference between angels and jinns? The difference is, jinns, they have the capacity to choose. Angels, they don't have the capacity to choose. They can only do what Allah commanded them to do. So we believe in three creations. We believe in jinns, devils, demons. No, we believe in uh, jinns, humans, and angels. These are the three creations of Allah, right? We're talking about, you know, superior creations. And then you have the animal world. You have the animal kingdom, right? They don't have actual, like, souls that will be, you know, punished or rewarded, right? They have physical bodies, and they are given an intellect, and they are given a nafs, and some, you know, capacity to, you know, understand and perceive, but not, not, not to the level of, you know, spiritual consciousness. You understand what I'm saying? And they will not be punished or rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But angels, humans, and jinns, right? Angels, they don't have the capacity to obey or disobey. Only they are programmed that whatever Allah commands them, they do that. Some of them are always in worship. Some of them are always in prostration. Some of them are always in, 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 in the remembrance of Allah. Some of them are making dua. Some of them are making istighfar. Some of them are making tawaf. Some of them are in the duty of sending salawat to the Prophet. They have various, some of them are protection angels. They protect you. They protect children. They protect the innocent. They protect the pious people. So there's different, different levels. They cannot disobey Allah Azza wa Jal in any way. They have to do what they're commanded. Jinns, on the other hand, they have the capacity to obey or disobey. They are given free will, just like human beings. And many of them, because they have so much power, right? They choose because of this like almost tremendous power that they've been given. At the blink of an eye, they can be on the other side of the planet at once, blink of an eye. This is a reality. We believed in this. There's a surah in the Quran about them. So they can, they can become demons. Or they can become very pious and they can be like almost angelic. So Iblis, the devil in Islam was one of them. And through his piety and worship, he had become to the level of like angels. He was with, right, and his name was Azazil. Azazil. Azazil you know, comes from Izza. The honorable slave of Allah, like Jibrail, Mikail, Israfil, Israel, and Azazil. He was amongst them. So, worshiping for thousands of years, obedience of Allah to the, to the fullest extent, a time came that Allah Ta'ala said, I am going to create a creation. And this creation is a manifestation of, of my divine mysteries. Many of these divine mysteries you will not understand. I have a plan. But he is the manifestation of my divine mysteries. I want to manifest in him the reflection of my beautiful qualities of mercy and generosity and kindness and compassion and forgiveness and and that is where, how, how we as Muslims, we uh, interpret the statement that God created man in his likeness. God created man in his likeness. From the Christian and biblical perspective, it means physical likeness. That, okay, Jesus Christ was a human being, and then that's God's likeness, right? So he's a big man in the clouds, and he made a little man here, Jesus Christ, that's his son. Yeah, so th that is in his likeness. From the biblical Christian perspective is anthropomorphic meaning. But when he said, we believe that too. It's a prophetic narration that Allah created Adam in his likeness. And the likeness, this means that he is the reflection of God's beautiful attributes. Meaning if Allah is merciful, Adam salam and his progeny have the, manifest, have the capacity to become an embodiment of mercy. If God is generous, Human beings can reflect that in their generosity. 
If Allah is kind, human beings can reflect that kindness. That is why in none of the creatures of Allah you see what you see in human beings. Do you see any of the, 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 the creations of, uh, of this world? Are they able to create? Human beings create. Right? There's sci-fi where it shows Planet of the Apes. The apes start making stuff, but that's, that's why it's called sci-fi. Right? That's why it's called sci-fi. But if you ponder... Look at human beings. They actually create, they build, they develop. Look at what they've done to this earth, sometimes to their detriment, right? What they've done to this earth, a lot of times to our detriment, but they're creators. Humans create, they have that likeness. They share, they're a reflection of those attributes of God, right? They are givers, right? You don't find that in the animal kingdom. They are forgivers. They, are, they have the capacity to sin as well. That's not godly, but that's why human beings have the capacity to reflect the divine attributes. But at the same time, they are human in body, which then takes them more towards the beastly way. And that is why God sent the messengers. And that is why God sent the books and the scriptures to remind us of our godly nature, of our divine nature, of our angelic nature. So, when Allah Ta'ala said, I'm going to create this, in which my divine mysteries are hidden in here, you will not understand. So, and I command you to, is it, I, and, 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 and oh yeah, before the commanding of the prostration, he said, oh Allah, the angel said, why are you going to create on earth something that is going to shed blood and cause mischief and corruption? And the angels, why they said this? Because they saw the jinn on earth before humankind. That this is what they did. They were killing, they were corrupt, they were, you know, devils. There was demons. There was, a, there was an existence on this planet before human beings came. And in the, how do we know that? In the questioning of the angels. Oh Allah, how can you create on this earth something that will create mischief and corruption and shed blood. How did they know that? Because they had seen it. And as it is said in certain riwayat, that when Allah Ta'ala saw this tremendous sinning and chaos and corruption, Allah sent a legion of angels and He destroyed them. You know, sometimes you hear about the, you know, what happened to the dinosaurs. Maybe with the dinosaurs there was other creations there. And when whatever came and annihilated those dinosaurs, annihilated whatever else was there on earth at the same time. Could be. These are all just like, you know, since we are after Isha now, you guys are going to hear stories like this. See, this, is, this is why before Maghrib, I got, the, you got the time limit. Now I got no time limit. We got till Fajr. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. You're going to be hearing about dinosaurs as well. So, it could be. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he, the angels asked this, Allah said, Verily, I know that which you do not. I know. There's a, my divine mysteries are hidden in this Adam. You don't know my divine mystery. What I want to manifest, I want to show you. This is, this is my, my, my creation. This is my special thing that I want to manifest in this, in this cosmos. So then he said, let me show you. Allah Ta'ala taught Adam salam all of the things because Allah made him his vicegerent on this earth. When Allah made him the vicegerent on this earth, he taught him all of the things of this earth. And then he said, oh Adam, tell us what are these things? And Adam salam explained the entire cosmos. Imagine that you own a company and the CEO says, I have made him my right-hand man. The CEO of the company says, I make him my right-hand man. So then all the workers say, how can you make him your right-hand man? Didn't the last one betray you? So he said, look, I know what I'm doing. Okay? He said, okay. Right-hand man, tell them. And then the right-hand man explains everything of that company. 
He said, this is like this, and this is like that, and the company runs like this, and this is what we do when we ship off our thing, and this is the shipping password, and this is the email password, and this is the Wi-Fi password. It's like, wow, he knows the Wi-Fi password? This guy is like in there, you know. So Allah Azza wa Jal like gave Adam salam the password. He had given him all of these. He knew the way of this world. And the angels were like, tell me the names of these things. Do you know the Wi-Fi password then? He said, Ya Allah, this is, we don't know any of this, this in your cosmos and your creation. We don't know anything of this. He said, that's why he is my Khalifa. I have made him my vicegerent on this earth. And he will, he will manifest these beautiful attributes of mercy and compassion and love and forgiveness and generosity and all of what I have. He is going to manifest it on this earth as it is in the manifested by me in the heavens, human beings, Adam and his progeny are expected to do this upon this earth. And he said, Ya Allah, you are truly, right? In the, you know, what is it? Uh, ya Allah, truly you are the most wise and the infinitely knowing. And they fell into prostration. فَسَجَدَ الْمَلَائِكَةُ كُلُّهُمْ Except Iblis. He did not prostrate and he remained from the disbelievers and all of the angels prostrated. And it was at that moment that you knew that he is not an angel. Islamic. This is the Islamic viewpoint. Because, you know, in the, in the biblical viewpoint, you'll hear he is the fallen angel. He was never an angel in the first place, Islamically, according to the most dominant opinion. So then... Ya Iblis, ma mana'aka an tasjudaka idh amartuk? Oh Iblis, why didn't you prostrate as I commanded you? Qala khalaqtani min narin wa khalaqtahu min teen. This is the thing. You see? He says, you created me from fire and you created him from clay, from dust. Fire is more superior than clay. How can, you, how, how, can I, how can I prostrate to that which is inferior? From that moment, he completely forgot the command of Allah. He completely denied the wisdom of Allah. It doesn't matter if he's from clay. Allah commanded me. If Allah commanded me to prostrate to, to clay, or to prostrate to water, or to prostrate to, a, to, to, to wood, what does it matter? That's the command of Allah. I don't have any logic in this matter. I have no reasoning or rationale in the matter because this is the command of Allah. And Allah knows. And it was at that moment that other فَخْرُجْ مِنْهَا فَإِنَّكَ رَجِيمٌ Be gone from here. You are cursed. وَإِنَّ عَلَيْكَ اللَّعْنَةَ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينَ And upon you is my curse till the day of judgment. At that moment, this is the point I was trying to make. At that moment, he committed a sin. He committed a disobedience. God commanded him, and he disobeyed the commandment. And then immediately, what does he say? Qala, right? Okay then, if you're going to do this to me, then give me respite till the day of judgment. I mean, think about this. He, he, he knew that if I ask for forgiveness, Allah will forgive me. But he had so much jealousy and so much rage and so much anger and so much pride and arrogance that he challenged Allah and he said, I'm going to lead all your slaves astray. I'm going to lead all your creation and this son of Adam and the children of Adam till the day of judgment. Instead of saying, oh Allah, forgive me. And now I want to get to the point that I'm making. Adam alayhi salam. Allah Ta'ala, when all of this happened, before coming to earth, Allah put Adam in the garden, in paradise. And then He says, eat and drink from the, from the gifts and the bounties of paradise, but don't go near this tree. Don't go near this tree. Everything is halal for you. There's only one haram. Don't go near this tree. And then Adam alayhi salam forgot or he, misunder, he, he misconstrued what was the command of Allah Azza wa Jalla. We don't say he committed sin. We don't say he committed sin. But he mistakenly, forgetfully fell into that. But when he made that mistake and he fell into that forgetfulness, Allah Azza wa Jalla says he forgot. He made a mistake. This was not an intentional sin. 
Allah Ta'ala says, we did not find in the heart of Adam an intention and the resolve to actually disobey. This is the word of Allah Azza We did not find within him this intention and resolve to commit sin. Fanasiya. That's what Allah Ta'ala says. Fanasiya. He forgot. And we did not find within his heart any intention to resolve to commit sin. That was not his intention. Brother, what did Iblis say to him? Iblis took a waqasamahuma. He took a qasam to them that you will become angels and you will remain with Allah forever. I'll tell you something. This from this tree, if you eat the fruit of this tree, you'll never die. They were not gonna die anyways. But he put in their mind that if somebody tells you, right, that, you know what, if you eat this, you'll never get a disease. You never have a disease. But when somebody tells you you never get a disease, you say, okay, let me eat it so I don't get a disease. You never even knew about disease before. He put disease in your mind, even though you ain't got no disease. But when he says, if you drink from this, see, you're never going to get any disease. I don't have a disease. Why should I? But you see, what he put in their minds was, if you eat the fruit of this tree, you will never die and you will be with Allah forever. So the ulama mentioned that, that the, the, the reason, actual reason why Adam salam actually forgot was number one, they never even knew or understood that a person can take an oath on Allah and lie. They couldn't believe that. Secondly, he told them that they could die. And they didn't want to die. Self-preservation is, is instinctive in human beings. And thirdly, you will become angels. You will be with Allah forever. And they never wanted to be separated from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the reason why they had done it actually is because, right? He deceived them. He deceived them by using through, through their love for Allah to their desire to be forever with Allah, for their desire to be eternal, and they would have been eternal. Shaytan deceived them that they might not be. Shaytan deceived them that if they don't eat from this, they might fall off, they might die, they might never be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a possibility they will be separated from Allah ta'ala. Like this, they fell into it. So that is why we don't believe in original sin. In Islam, there is no original sin. We don't believe that we were created out of sin. And we don't even believe that our forefather, that our father, Jaddi Amjad, our Adam alayhi salam, we don't believe that he had committed a sin. It was a desire to be with Allah Azza wa forever. It was a forgetfulness. And this, yes, we inherited from our father, not sin. What did we inherit? The forget, the forgetting. The forgetting we inherited, not the sin, the original sin. As if every human being is born out of sin. And therefore, you need, if, since every human being is born in sin, then you need one person to sacrifice themselves to get all of humanity out of sin, right? And you know that that is a different rhetoric and a different religion and a different mentality, but that's not Islam. But my point here was, long story short, since we have time, I can extend a little bit. The whole purpose of this is, after Adam salam fell into this forget, forgetful, forgetting mistake, he quickly realized, and when the close of paradise, he saw, and Adam and Hawa saw that their nakedness has become apparent, and they started covering themselves with the leaves of paradise. They realized that they have been deceived. They realized that they were deceived and they fell into this mistake and they fell into this, you know, what they shouldn't have, no matter what, no matter how much somebody tells you. And, and the, the moral, one of the morals of the story is, no matter how much somebody advertises and markets the sin for you, don't believe it, follow the commandment of Allah. You know? Follow what Allah Ta'ala's command is. Don't fall into the advertisements. No matter how much they might justify it to you. 
So immediately, what did they say? قَالَ رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِنْ لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ They say, oh Allah, we have wronged ourselves. And if you don't forgive us, and if you don't have mercy upon us, then we would definitely be from the wrongdoers. Right? And then Allah Ta'ala accepted their dua. We see in the story of Adam and of Iblis, both of them fell, apparently fell into something that Allah had told them don't do. Allah commanded them. Allah commanded Iblis and Allah commanded Adam. Both of them, but one fell into it willingly, one fell into it mistakenly, but the first one, what did he do? He was arrogant, he was boastful, and he did not repent. He stayed honest and he started giving excuses. But the second one we see, what did Adam do? He said, Ya Allah, I'm the wrongdoer. I made a mistake. Forgive me. And he was brought back up again. He was elevated. And inshallah, that will be the, the end result of the, all of the children of Adam salam. Along with Adam, we will be joined again in paradise. We're going to go back to where we came from. But the point being here is as long as we have that return to Allah Azza wa Jal, it doesn't matter. No matter what has, even if we fell from paradise, even if you fell from Jannah, as long as you continue to turn to Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Ta'ala will forgive. And we see these two stark examples. One abandoned Allah. He abandoned righteousness. He left thousand years of worship. He left it. And he left the door. He, he, he left the, 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 you know, his loyalty to Allah. He turned his back to Allah Azza wa Jal. And Adam salam said, Oh Allah, I will never turn my back. I will continue to remain at your doorstep. I will continue to turn to you. And I will admit, no matter how much I have wronged, I am the wrongdoer. Forgive me. And if you don't forgive me and have mercy upon me, I will be from the losers. Here we understand that if we come to Allah with a world filled with sin, but we come and we had not turned our back to Him, then Allah Ta'ala says, If you come to me with a world filled with sin, then I will come to you, and you, didn't, you did not turn your back to me, then I will not turn my back to you. What is the reality of Tawheed? Oneness of Allah. To never leave the door, to never leave the doorstep of Allah. I like to use that word, doorstep. You know doorstep? Like a person who's like a, you know, got kicked out of the house. Mom kicks him out of the house and he's sleeping on the doorstep. What if the mom wakes up in the morning, sees him on the, get in here. You know, you, know, you annoy me, but I can't, I can't kick you out. In the end of the day, you're my son. As long as you didn't leave. You have that, and then you have somebody who says, I'm never going to come home again. How, is that? How then, if you have turned your back, will that door ever open to you again? When you come back, that door will always be open. Imagine Allah Ta'ala is a million times more merciful than your mother. Mom kicks you out sometimes. When I was, when I was in teenage years, I used to get kicked out. My mom would lock the door, and then I would sleep in my car. These were the interesting days, you know. And then uh, in the morning, it would be like clean slate as if nothing had happened before. And she would see mom's heart. How could you, what, do you, what can you imagine about Allah Azza wa Jal? How merciful is Allah? He says, that love that is in the heart of the mother, I have put that love in the heart of the mother. That is a candle that I have lit. That light of love in the heart of the mother is a candle that Allah has lit. Now imagine how much more loving is Allah Ta'ala. As long as we don't turn our back to Him, His door is always open for us. I don't know what else we can ask for. That Allah Ta'ala says that if you come to me with a world filled with sin, but you didn't turn your back to me. Tawheed is what? To never ever turn your back to Allah, to believe in one Allah, and to believe that He is forgiving and merciful. Just like Adam salam. To never turn your back, to even if you fell, to say, Ya Allah, I'm the wrong one. Without a doubt, I, I messed up. 
but you forgive me, O Allah. If you do that a million times, a trillion times, and you come to Allah with that, you never let go of the doorstep of Allah Ta'ala. You never turn your back. Because you know what? Shaytan, what he does is, he's gone. He's a goner. And what he does is, he puts guilt in your heart. Oh, you're a hypocrite. You know, you just did, look at what you just did. Now you're coming into the masjid and trying to be all pious. Don't listen to him because you have this. What are you talking about? I can always come. Allah's door is always open for me, even after death. This, is, this hadith boggles my mind. Because this tells you that even if you lived in sin, but you never turned your back and you never abandoned this way, you stayed as a Muslim and you stayed firm on that, you may have made a couple of mistakes, but you never left your deen. You never left Allah. That even after death, He says, you come to me with the world filled with sins. All your life you just made mistakes. You didn't achieve anything. You didn't become pious. You didn't, you didn't become how I wanted you to become. But there was one thing that you never did. You didn't turn your back to me. A lot of people lose their faith because of the guilt. Where does that guilt come from? Because a person who says, the door is always open for you. How are you going to feel guilt with a person like that? With someone like that? Imagine somebody says, I'll leave the light on for you. Go ahead, go. Go for a year, go for two years. Go for a month, two months. Here's the key. The key's under the mat. How do you feel guilt with somebody who's so generous like that? Yes, our guilt is being shameful of our own actions. Yes, I understand that. But let not your shame of your actions make you turn your back to the one who will never leave you. The one who will... I want to, Imam Nawawi end with this, but this is one of the greatest hadiths that I've read. One of the greatest hadiths. Is that how happy Allah becomes when you turn back to Him after committing sin. There is a hadith. It's narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. It mentions that Allah becomes more happy when you turn to Him after a sin than that person who is in the middle of a desert with his camel and all of his belongings and water and supplies on that camel, and in the middle of the Sahara Desert, he loses his camel. And hours and hours he's looking for his water, for his camel, for his supplies, and he's totally lost, and then he sees like a dried up tree, and he just exhausted, he just lays under that tree, and he just gets ready to die. His water was there, his food was there, his tent was there, his supplies was there. Now in the middle of nowhere in the desert, he's just laying there after losing it, and he's ready to die. So as, he's ready to, as he's ready to die, all of a sudden he looks this way and his camel standing right above his head. Out of excitement when he sees this camel, he says, Oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your Lord. He says, Oh Allah, Anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. You are my slave and I am your Lord. And he makes a mistake in the, how ecstatic and, 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 so, and he was so happy and ecstatic that he had a slip of the tongue. And he said, oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your Lord. What is it supposed to say? I am your slave and you are my Lord. Out of, you know, when you become so excited that you completely lose the ability to even speak properly. Imagine how happy a person might be. He was about to die. He, look at what the hadith says. Look at what the Prophet says. He says, Allah becomes more happy when you turn back to him from a sin than that person became happy when his camel returned to him after having lost it. Imagine that ecstatic, how ecstatic the person was that he completely didn't even know what he's saying. He lost his mind. Because if somebody says, Oh Allah, you are my Lord. No, oh Allah, you're my slave and I'm your Lord. This is, this is heresy. This is kufr. If a person says, you're my slave, I'm your Lord. Tu mera banda, Right? Somebody says that is kufr. But in this, out of happiness, Allah loves it. And Allah becomes more happy when you turn to Him after sinning than this person who loses his mind. Allah becomes so happy when you turn to him. Therefore, don't allow shaitan to make you feel guilty, to cut you off from Allah. 
to cut you off from your deen, to cut you off from this path when <laughs> the, 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 the mercy of Allah Ta'ala is infinite. My Shaykh, Rahmatullahi, Hazrat Mawr Hakim Akhtar Saab, my beloved Shaykh, he used to say, there is no such thing as hopelessness on this path. There is no such thing as hopelessness on this path. There is no such thing as hopelessness on this path. There is only hope. Because who are you dealing with? You're dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is only hope. There is no such thing as hopelessness. Rather, Allah ta'ala says that if you're being hopeless of me, then actually the meaning, the word Iblis, his name actually means the hopeless one. Ablisa yublisu. Iblas. Iblas actually means the one who has come into full despair. No return. Completely despaired. And he is, he has made himself hopeless and he wants to make everyone else hopeless. Hopelessness is actually the, 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 the tool, the instrument of shaitan. <coughs> Hopelessness. And hope, right, is the greatest gift of Allah. Hope is the greatest gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As long as you are seeking forgiveness, as long as you are staying on this path, and this is why Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ends this book. He ends this book with what? With hope. That no matter what, all this religion we talked about right here, that's good, wonderful, do it, but never lose hope. You might fall, you know? One of our mashayikh, he said, the path to Allah Ta'ala is like riding a bike. You fall off, but you get back on. Our Hazrat always used to read this. This is how we tread the path to Allah. We fell, we fell and got back up. We got back up and we kept on walking. You know when you fall, just stay on your face. Because there's all oh, this hope is, so, this, this path is subhanAllah, unending hope. Mawlana Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahmatullah he said, he said for a person to become hopeless is kufr. Is disbelief to become hopeless because it's as if you are saying that my sins are greater than Allah. You are magnifying your sins that much. You're magnifying sins to such an extent that you're thinking that the, the one who says Allah is never going to forgive me. This, this mentality, this is kufr. Why? It's because you're saying my sins are greater than the mercy of Allah. No sin. Allah Ta'ala, subhanAllah, Allah forgave a prostitute on feeding water to a dog. This is from Bani Israel, from the, the story of the Israelites. There was a woman who had this lifestyle. She went to the side of a well, she got water in a very hot day, then she, came, she saw a dog that was licking the mud out of thirst. So then this woman thought to herself, said, this dog is suffering thirst just like me. She put her shoe inside that well and she gave that dog water and saved it from dying. Allah forgave that woman on account of that one deed. How merciful is Allah? How we have to be, never be judgmental. How we also always have to have hope. If that woman was forgiven, Allahu Akbar, a person who lived their entire life in sin in such a manner, Allah loves every single human being. If Allah did not intend love for them, and if Allah didn't intend mercy for them, He would have not created them. If Allah did not intend mercy for them, and if Allah did not want to love them and shower His blessing upon them, He would not have created them. The fact that we get caught up, we get caught up, we forget. Just like our father forgot. When you see somebody in sin, this is how you should see them. They've forgotten. Let me remind them. Just like I had forgotten at one time. And somebody reminded me. We need that reminder. We were reminded by the prophets and this Quran. The name of the Quran is Saad. This is the reminder. It is a reminder for those who will take heed. This is a reminder because we forget. 
This is, this is the legacy and the inheritance of our father that we forget, we need remind. That's what this is about. I'm reminding myself and am I reminding everybody. This is what da'wah ilallah is about, that we remind ourselves and remind others constantly. So never ever when you see somebody in a, in a mistake, in a sin, we've forgotten. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to implement all of what is said, to always remain hopeful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمْ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ أَلَّا إِلَهِ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكُمْ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَي